Hello and welcome to the DFS underscore PhD show for today, the 12th of September. Uh, remember, you're good enough, you're strong enough, and gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money. And I guess they don't have Aaron Rodgers in their lineups <laughs> right after last night. Wow. Um, so this is how it went for me. So a out of three for these big, big NFL spike days, painful start, not going to be subscribing to contest zooms did not work out for me, but can't really blame them. Like it's garbage in garbage out. And that's the reason why I don't think I'm quite getting to them right now is the edge isn't still not in the Sims. The edge is still in knowing ball slash in the projections and the way that you tweak the projections. The reason that we have this number on the wall. I know that Awesome O was already using contest sims. The bunch of the sharks were already practicing with contest sims when I won that money. I didn't even know they existed. But what I did know is that there's a better than average projection shot that Haywood Highsmith was going to play. I looked at the whatever the histories of the game and whatever, and I said, hey, I'm going to stand by this. I'm going to set a rule that I don't go overweight, you know, don't go crazy. That's something I got to remember for these slates. Don't go crazy. But I mean, last night, I don't know. Okay. So I forgot where that rant was going. Let me just show you the other stuff. I did win another ticket last night in baseball. Baseball was fine. My picks here have been fine. Like, and hopefully you're paying attention to the weather too. There was some little bit of edge if you knew to cross off uh, Boston yesterday. It was a toss up and I was like, eh, I don't need, there's a bunch of games on this slate. But if you want to see, I lose a bunch of money, just wind up 90% Aaron Rodgers and he gets hurt on the first play. But I mean, I st I stand by it. Like that was a great play. The question was 84% digs and I went a little bit less, but you know, I, I, these are great plays. Hardy. What happened there? What happened there? I just don't understand it. Like I watched the, watch the game, the first couple drives. I mean, it wasn't great. They didn't score touchdowns, but like, was Hardy doing something wrong? Like I thought that that side jet sweep motion was opening up the backfield in a way that once they stopped doing it, they just crash on it. They just crash on Josh Allen again and again. And they're like, huh, I don't know. How do we solve that? Try the thing that you already had been doing, right? Like, I was just confused because it seemed like it was like some benching of Hardy. I hate when coaches do an ego thing where it's not like responding to the game. Because number one, he didn't do anything. He didn't like miss a block. It's not like he's walking around like Claypool out there. But number two, just like he started. So you saw the initial kickoff return, it was Shaker, Shakir and like uh, Damian Harris back there, I think. And then for subsequent punt returns, it was Hardy. And I think he might have gotten demoted after like a first series or something. And I just don't know what it is. Something stupid like walking to the huddle or something, you know, that's like kids trying to live. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe he did something terrible. But anyway, um, things went badly. Don't have 90% Rodgers and he gets hurt on the first play. But I guess I'm thinking that, hey, if he plays more than a few plays. Anyway, so this brings up, should you play a backup quarterback? The winning lineup did not have a backup quarterback. However, backup quarterback was 0.1%. Only one on the roster. There wasn't like a, a quarterback one or two and three. Like it was only going to be if Rodgers got hurt, which granted, tough situation. But He's a quarterback, 20% chance it was going to happen over the course of a year, 17 games, at least a 1.5% chance. So 0.15% ownership of the quarterback was under him. So that's always in play. If you're playing 150 lineups, you should play a couple of the backup quarterbacks because of injury. Like this, I mean, it's not going to be sharp if the backups next week have 2% ownership. But assuming that people don't chase that and people understand that that's silly town, 
you should be on that. I mean, that that's long-term. It didn't work last night. Number one, there's like 400 sharks in the world somewhere that are just licking their wounds after seeing that injury, knowing that they have the nuts like siege. You know, the joke yesterday was that siege always does this. I guess he won a couple of years ago with a backup quarterback and, but they didn't win last night. The backup quarterback people somehow with him, he scored eight points or something and was not optimal. and was like not even top 10 or something. So I feel, I feel for you backup quarterback sharks. You totally deserved it yesterday. Okay. So on to the baseball review part of the show, there was a millionaire a week ago that we're just now getting to looking at. I mean, obviously these are people who are paying $2,500 entry fees. So we're more learning about what do those people value from a lineup than we're learning about what is optimal, right? This is only 900 people. So first place was a 4-3 stack, 49-700, right, in the sweet spot. I mean, 49-700 is actually a little bit on a 10-game slate. That was a little bit outside of my my range. So I actually went back and changed my range. What did I change? Did I even include 49-700? Go settings. Yeah. So I went back to include it because the guy won a million dollars last week based on it. So our argument has been... And that things are very, very efficient. So you'll see the second place guy got 50,000. Like the fifth place guy, was that Sully? Who was second place? No, that's some random name. Oh, wait, no, that's first place. It was T. Leeson. But okay, so you can see 49,900. These are close to fully efficient lineups. There are some people out there playing. Yesterday, I played a um, only $50,000 lineups, only fully efficient lineups, because I think that's a reasonable hypothesis at this point in the season, in the baseball season, that the the market is priced in everything. And so, like, you should go with whatever the top um, – you should jam You should jam somebody in there. Don't take, a like, a weakling at this point in the season. It, it's going to be efficiently priced except for, like, a handful of guys. And the handful of guys probably work in in terms of, like, the stacking, right? This is fully efficient 50,000, but it's not fully efficient stacked, right? Because this is a five and then three independent events beyond that. So – that's a five one one one, and we would think that's really bad normally, except if some of those are free squares, which here I'm guessing they were. Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's getting pretty lucky, I think. So you know, and and your hand building, right? I mean, if you're putting twenty five hundred dollars behind the lineup, maybe you don't do regular stacking because you only have to beat nine hundred people, right? So let's go maybe check out how long does it take this to load to see what the the big GPP the well, what's the biggest one? The mega mini max is where we would get the biggest, but this is where people who are like putting the most money in, I think, are doing it. Four two, so that's a six stack, not even a seven. Mm. Hmm. Well, second place, third place, eh? Fourth place is again a miss. Fifth place is good. Sixth place is good. Well. I'm not going to change my strategy at this point. I think the hypothesis is still pretty solid, even if it didn't work out on this one night, because yeah, I think this is one of the night I'm looking at all these Houston, Houston, Houston. I'm guessing that's the night that Houston beat the crap out of everybody. There were a few nights in a row last week. that just got completely messed up by that. Also, I do realize doing the review a week behind is a little frustrating, but like, you know, they don't put the data in there until like 48 hours after. So for me, that would be three and a half days. So I might as well do a week. Uh, okay. So early slate, this is the only one where they have like a significant amount of money up there. There was a second early showdown as well, but I, I'm not going to, I mean, I would put $1 on it or something, but I'm not going to play it significantly. For the early slate, I mean, let's just keep updating ownership. They, they're saying that the starting pitcher for the Yankees is going to be 2% owned. And I just, 
it, it shouldn't be that way. I, if it is that way, then you should have it. I mean, like, is that as captain? Okay. That's as captain. But even, again, 10% owned in, okay, what's going on with Randy Vasquez? Randy Vasquez, Yankees. You got any news? News. Strikes out six in his debut. His moment may be coming with Herman out for the season. Yeah, so let's look at game log. What's going on with this? Like ESPN. Why would this be the case? I have no idea why people are not on this guy. Okay, because he's not fully stretched out slash not expected. No, look at that. He gave up. How many pitches is that? How many pitches is he throwing? 50, 36. Is he getting stretched out? Getting a little stretched out. So he had thrown 60, 60. Earlier in the season, they had him as a full starter in May and June. And he was throwing 84, 86. Then he threw two games in August where he was a long innings guy. Or did he get beaten out? Two earned runs. He might have gotten beaten out in those games. The so okay, what did he even start that game? What's this game against Houston? Says he's gonna show me all of Houston stats. Oh, come on, take me to the game. How do I click on the game? Oh well, this is very uh very engaging um footage. I don't know why people are on Randy Vasquez. If I don't find a reason, I probably just buff his ownership because I don't buy 10% for a starting pitcher and 1% in the owner. Um captain but if people really are thinking he's going to go two or three innings i mean th they might be stretching him out I don't, they need to replace herman I, I don't think they want to do bullpen games all the time going down the stretch they're like well actually are they playoff contenders this year they're bad well they're not they're underperforming expectations let's put it that way the last time i checked so i'm not sure um but i think you can expect to get at least two and a half probably three and then earlier in the season they were giving him like 80 pitches and he's stretching out like his last two games how many pitches 36 50 so if that trend continued he'd be at like 64 so we'd expect him to get 64 pitches so more like these these uh, outings in august than his earlier outings of the year yeah i mean so he's overpriced i get that but i mean he could go let, let's say that he starts rocking it you know he starts off couple innings pitched pretty fast, maybe a strikeout or two. Yankees give him a couple of, of runs. Um, support, I bet they give him five. I bet they let him go 80 pitches, try, you know, try to stretch the guy out. That seems like the role they have in mind for this guy. So, okay, besides the guys who, I, who are, I mean, if he's that low-owned, take him as your guy. But beyond that, the other plays are Casas and Stanton. Those are my, like, captains to win that I always give you. Those guys are, for some reason, super low-owned in the captain, 1%, 2%, and have a 18% chance of smashing, a.k.a. hitting a home run. So I think that's right. I, I think those are reasonable values for both of them. So I think you've got 16%, 17.1% edge on Cassis. That's like the most I've seen in a while. And then 16.5% on Stanton. So... You know, do with that what you will. Probably Pavetta still outscores both of them, even with a home run. But 
Yeah. So get some Pavetta captain. Obviously, he's like the chalk play, though. I don't need to tell you. Play the guy expected to score the most points at captain. Also, play him in the other role in flex, probably. So my combined ownership for Pavetta, I'm probably not going to play 20 lineups. I'll probably play just like two or three. Who knows? Maybe 10. Okay. Uh, depends on if y'all fill up these contests, if, you, if everybody else knows these games are happening or not. 20. Oh, yeah. 65 plus. I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to add up here. 65 plus. 15. So 80% Pavetta. That's fine. 20% chance he gets beaten out in the first few innings. I didn't make too many changes to the main slate today. I probably should with Oracle Park, though. Cleveland and San Fran, we got like a minus 10% at least there. Cleveland and San Fran. Wasn't going to get to him anyway, but a minus 10% is fine. 4.1. Yeah, I guess I was getting some Cleveland. Maybe knock him down to four. We'll change it. Bom, 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 bom. I guess I would probably have to re redo something else. Yeah. Oh, and I changing my settings just to let you get. Well, I, I was doing fully efficient yesterday, but then having seen the millionaire, I undid that change. So never mind. Uh, I'm doing no batters against opposing pitchers. And today we're stacking cores. Colorado, come on. Don't tell me I'm getting no Colorado. Tell me, stack up cores, stack up cores. And in my example draft over here, I do not have any cores. I want cores. I'm trying to win money. So this is my last day of having the rank by ROI. I'll go tomorrow. I'll have it by like. So the thing that I haven't done that I, you know, to, to jam in quarterbacks or to jam in Isaiah Likely, I have not been doing my uniques five, unique six. That's always part of my standard to make sure you sample the face space properly build. Don't not do things that are part of your standard process on your big day. Make sure that you are on the big spike days like tomorrow. Tomorrow I have WNBA spike day. I know, WNBA, $10,000, right? So, hey, that's a reasonable amount on a Wednesday. Not much else tomorrow. So I got 14 shots in the WNBA, $10,000 thing tomorrow. And I'm going to keep my ownership reasonable. I'm not going to go 80% somebody no matter how much I like them. You know, I'm going to learn my lesson from the freaking millionaires. And I'm going to learn it for this week, too. Who knows if, if a quarterback gets hurt or whatever, you shouldn't jam two quarterbacks in whatever, 80% of your lineups. Oh, even if you're pretty sure that's going to be the case. Uh, most of the time. Oh, yeah, I should say uh, most of you aren't subscribed. So I don't know if I already did the thing about like, subscribe, etc. Oh, yeah, I haven't done the thing about who are my pitchers for the slate. The most of which you're probably here for. So my pitchers are leverage wise, Ryan Verlander, Wu Sandoval, Quantrill and Littell. Let's tell you which one of them are studs and which one of them are leverage guys. Studs are Ryan Verlander and I mean, meh, Scherzer, if you want him, he's like right at the end of the bench of the studs. Um, we're like, right, we're matching the field. So, okay, Ryan and Verlander are our studs. And then a bunch of your options here, Sandoval, Wu, Quantrill, Little. Those are all, all these guys are facing teams that are bad. The teams that, so San Francisco, Minnesota, and Seattle, these three teams are the three worst at strikeouts. Colorado is fourth. Uh, but we're not going to do Colorado pitchers because of the, you know, situation there. Colorado's also in there. I don't remember the exact order they're in right now, but they're the four worst teams. You should always buff pitchers against them just because the maximum expectations is like one more strikeout than whatever your normal average would be. So, or then whatever a uh, the field would be expected. So anyway, that's a lot of leverage arms. I might cut it down for the, uh, the list, but that's just, you know, uh, character limit. We got a showdown and a main slate today, so I don't want to the overload. Uh, let's do stack exposure. Yeah, we're getting to some five stacks. I'm getting a little bit 
I'm allowing some some stack wiggle room just because I'm not sure yet what the player value situation is going to be like. And if there's oh, speaking of, that's my double check on Sims overlay alarm, which means I need to set my do this again in two hours alarm. In addition to actually doing the thing, uh, but. I'm pretty much at the end of the things I need to tell you guys. So in addition to doing that, I'm going to let the video start processing. I'm going to say, remember, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, somebody's got to win that money today. And it might as well be us. Bye, guys.